Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 254. Today is December 17th, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I wanted to discuss with you one of the key market indicators that I watch, and that's the price of copper. Now, note that I say it's one of the key market indicators that I look at and not the only indicator I look at. That's really important because people are always looking for one definitive universal answer to everything. And I'll tell you, in my 50-some years on this earth, I've never found a universal key answer to everything. I don't think there is one. The world is full of conflicting information And just when you think that you have one thing that is always going to correlate, well, then an anomaly comes along, circumstances change, and you throw that one out and you have to look for something else. And so when it comes to talking about market indicators, my standard answer is usually talk about the five that I look at every day and the five that, you know, if I was on a desert island and I could only look at five things, well, I talk about those frequently. I'll get into those in a second. But really what I want to emphasize in this episode is that I just don't look at one thing or I just don't look at five things. Every day I look at a variety of different indicators. I like to call them market indicators as opposed to economic indicators. I think in a lot of cases, economic indicators are phony baloney numbers or indexes that academics or economists have made up. And then by tracking those indicators, they try to maybe formulate or justify their ideas of the economy as opposed to looking at just pure old economic indicators that tell you really what's going on in the economy. Now, because we're not in a perfect world, sometimes the market indicators I have to use are of necessity made up economic indicators like the unemployment rate. But since I'm unable to go out and specifically create a metric that tells me what the real unemployment rate is, I have to use whatever the institutional definition of unemployment happens to be. And it's not always accurate, but it's all I have to use. So while I do look at things like the unemployment rate, I prefer to look at market indicators that are very straightforward and hard to manipulate. I've talked about the difference between market indicators and economic indicators many times. If you search for it over at wealthsteading.com, you'll find those episodes. I've also talked about the five market indicators that you know I look at every day on a regular basis. And if I only had five things to look at, these would be the five I would watch. And that's the price of gold, the price of oil, the S&P 500, the 10-year treasury yield, and the value of the U.S. dollar based on a basket of other currencies. Now, again, these are not perfect, but they give me a pretty good snapshot of not only what's happening in the U.S. market, but also in the global market. So what does all that have to do with the price of copper? Well, I don't talk about copper very often, but it is one of the key economic indicators that I look at. Copper is often called Dr. Copper, or it's said that copper has a Ph.D. in economics because the price of copper is so closely tied to any type of an advanced or industrial economy that the fluctuation in the price of copper can often tell you quite a bit about whether there is growth or whether there's recession. I really believe that, but again, I don't want to focus on just one indicator. And so that's why I don't harp on copper the way maybe some other people do. You have to look at a broad range of economic indicators and then try and interpret them in a contextual sense. Now, that's a lot easier said than done. And this is really relevant to the economy that's taken place so far in 2017 and looking at where we are likely headed into 2018. 
Now, throughout 2017, I was investing more and more in the market. When others were getting pessimistic, I was remaining optimistic. And one of the reasons, not the only reason, but definitely a primary reason that I remained optimistic throughout 2017 was because of the price of copper. And right now, again, because of the firmness of the price of copper and where it seems to have a strong price point, as we go into 2018, I'm remaining optimistic. Now, I'll caveat that by saying that I'm optimistic through first quarter of 2018. And for right now, I'm not changing any of my portfolio holdings until we get into January, until we start hearing about how the corporate earnings season is going. Why have I been so optimistic about the economy because of the price of copper? Well, if you go back a little more than a year ago, just before the election of Donald Trump, copper had been stuck uh, just below $2.25 a pound, right around $2.20, $2.18 a pound. It hit a lot of resistance there. It couldn't break through. And then about maybe two or three weeks prior to the election, copper started to break out. And then as soon as Trump did get elected, it bounced up even higher. And that was when everybody tried to jump into the inflationary trade or what was being called the infrastructure trade, where they felt that Trump was going to be able to have a big infrastructure spend and really get the economy growing and that we might be seeing uh, quite a bit of inflation occurring. So everybody jumped into copper and it shot up and, you know, where it had been hitting a lot of resistance at say $2.20 a pound. Well, once everybody jumped into that infrastructure trade, and then as we got into the, the dog days of the summer, you know, around the end of July, beginning of August of this past year, 2017, when people were really starting to get down on the economy and they were worried about a nuclear war with North Korea, and there was concern that the Trump presidency may be falling apart and maybe the global economy was slowing down and there wouldn't be tax cuts, there wouldn't be other legislative agendas getting passed in the U.S., you know, the, uh, the health care thing had fallen apart. They couldn't repeal Obamacare. All these problems were building up. And yet, when all the naysayers were calling for a strong market correction, the price of copper started moving up. And from about, I don't know, July, early August until now, we've seen copper move up some, oh, I don't know, maybe 15%, something along those ranges. And so if you pull up a chart of copper, you'll see that it's made a regular step progression since hitting a low back around, oh, I don't know, probably January of 2016. It went from $2 to $2.20 to $2.60 to now where we're hovering around $3. Now, a couple months ago, it did get up to almost $3.20. And really, that's, I think, the next step that it's forming. And that's the question. Will copper be able to break out above this $3 range and go up and hit $3.50? Or is it just going to form a double top here and is going to tumble back down to, say, 250 Well, that's obviously the million-dollar question, and I don't have an answer to it. But as I look at the price of copper and the firm and strong pricing power that it seems to be having, I think that range that it will be traversing here in the, in the coming months is somewhere between $2.50 a pound and $3.50 a pound. I'm not specifically invested in copper one way or the other, so I personally don't care if it goes up to 350 or if it falls back down to 250. What I'm looking at is what copper is telling us about the overall health of the global economy. And where I think that this trend is leading us is that whether it's at 250 or whether it's at 350, copper is signaling to us that there is strength in the global economy. 
And there's strength there because if it goes all the way up to 350, while that's expensive relative to where it's been recently, it's still well off the highs of when copper had hit, I don't know, $4.30, maybe $4.50, something like that, back in 2011. It's well off of those highs. That's when copper got so expensive. Do you remember there were all kinds of thefts of copper? People were breaking into schools and churches and uh, uh, you know all types of buildings to steal copper plumbing and to steal copper that was used in the air conditioning systems. That's because the price of copper just it went crazy and it got so expensive that it started hurting the consumers of copper and people that were making things of copper could no longer pass those price increases along to their customers. And so we had known that copper peaked at that point because it was getting too expensive for its use. It was being priced beyond the value that producers were willing to pay for it. Well, that's probably not going to happen at around $3.50, even though that's fairly expensive. You know, again, compared to where it's been over the last year, that's not expensive compared to where it's been over the last decade. And so at that price, copper would be affordable to the consumers of copper. On the other hand, if copper should fall apart and break down and go back down to where it has supported around $2.50, while that would be great for consumers of copper, it would not fare well for the bottom line of companies that mine and refine copper. However, at $2.50 a pound, while that is lower than these copper producers would like, it's not so low that they're likely to go bankrupt or default on the significant amount of loans and debt that that industry has. And so copper at a low of 250 is still a high enough price to keep the miners and the refiners in business so that they can service the massive amount of debt that they have. And that way the, the bankers don't have to foreclose and we don't have a banking crisis because of the default of so many miners and, and all the debt that's out there. And on the other hand, if copper goes all the way up to 350 although that's more than we might want to pay, it's not going to be so high that it shuts down all the manufacturers that need to buy copper to produce their products. And so copper, like many other commodities right now, it's in this Goldilocks zone. It's not too high priced. It's not too low priced. That's about where we're seeing the price of oil right now. And that's good and bullish for a growing economy. It doesn't show that the economy is heating up too fast, nor is it an indicator that there's no usage and we're about to go into a recession. And so this strong price performance of copper over the last 12 months or so has been and remains an indicator to me that at least going into the first quarter, the first half of 2018, the health of the global economy seems to be intact and I'm staying mostly invested because of those reasons. Now we'll have to wait and see though. As we get into 2018, there's going to be other factors obviously. There's going to be a lot of politicking going on in the United States. That could play into what's happening with the economy as well as the long-awaited rate increase that central banks around the world have constantly talked about and is supposedly in the works for us here in the United States, but we'll have to wait and see if it really materializes. So until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.